Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Welcome to Table Flippers Podcast, Ministry of Greater Works Christian Church, right here in beautiful Lancaster, California. I am your host, Robert Enos. Here, I will discuss theology, doctrine, politics, social and cultural issues, pretty much anything I feel like talking about. But basically, I flip tables. Please remember to download each episode. That's very important. Download each episode. Hold on tight. It's going to be a bumpy ride. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Monday. And of course, I'd have to find these articles on a Monday. But it's Monday, March 13th, 3.17 p.m. I don't know why I'm telling you that, but it's Monday, March 13th, 3.17 p.m. Anyways, I came across a couple of articles that I want to share with you. And I want to do a little bit of a follow-up on the uh, QAnon shaman that was sentenced to four years in prison for his part in the January 6th fiasco. And I I just want to do a little follow-up. If you, if you haven't heard my previous podcast on them, please go back and listen to them. It's just interesting to see really what's going on, what has been going on, because as we found out, um, the people who had access to these videos, okay, the prosecution, they didn't release them to anybody. The judge didn't even see them. Uh, this QAnon shaman, his name is Jacob Chansley, uh, the uh, shaman, not the the attorney, but his attorney didn't even see him. So here's a guy that was tried and convicted without any real evidence being shown, even to the point that the judge, now I don't know how a judge can make a judgment and sentence somebody without any real evidence. So at that point, what is it? Hearsay? Uh, so anyways, this is just really strange the way this is unfolding and what we're finding out. And now the videos have been released and Tucker Tucker Carlson of Fox News has been airing some of them and pointing some things out. And we find out that this Jacob Chansley, the QAnon shaman, uh, was actually escorted around. You can see it on video. There's no way that you can deny this. He was escorted around by at least one Capitol Hill police officer while in one frame, in one area of this video, one point in this video, there was, I counted, 10 other people standing around, uh, and I believe at least nine of them that were uh, police officers. So with the guy that's escorting him around, the shaman around, and at least nine other uh, police officers standing around, there was at least 10 officers not doing anything, literally not doing anything, while this violent insurgent with the strange headdress and face paint I'm sure to hide and disguise his true appearance. This QAnon shaman was just being escorted around like he was on a tour with nobody bothering him. What's really interesting about this is some new video has come out. Now, honestly, I don't know if it was part of the release or not, but nonetheless, we have video now out for everybody to see where this QAnon shaman in his famous, now famous headdress, and Bullhorn was actually standing on the steps of the Capitol building, blocking a doorway with a bunch of people in front of him wanting to come in. And he was telling them, no, go home. We don't do this. And he even referenced President Trump saying, 
our president said we made our point, it's time to go home, that we are the party of the rule of law. We are not like the other party, which we are now seeing because what they did to this guy and many others over this, you know, this um, trial, the January 6th trial, they broke laws. They went completely against our constitution. They violated uh, these people's rights. And now it, we're being able to see that we're, we're, we can watch it. So anyways, this QAnon shaman's at the top of the steps with his bullhorn telling everybody to go home. Even when somebody tells him, no, 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 we're not giving up. We're coming in. He's like, no, he's standing in the way of them being able to come in as kind of blocking saying, no, even our president says it's time to go home. We made our point. Somebody runs up in this video, runs up to him with a phone. Um, and to show him what the president just tweeted or put out. And he says, please read this. This is actually from Donald Trump, our president. So he read it and it was again, go home. We made our point. And he says to everybody, we're going to listen to our president and we're going to go home. We're going to be peaceful. We're not going to do anything destructive. That's not who we are. And uh, again, ladies and gentlemen, I hate to say I told you so. No, I don't really care anymore. I told you so because I've been saying this for over two years. This was the vibe of most everybody that was there. And the troublemakers that came on, they're not the ones getting in trouble. And isn't it interesting that we don't have the video of the real troublemakers, but suddenly we have all this video of these guys that really didn't do the violent insurgency as they said. Now, anyways, all of this brings me to this article. And this article uh, came out of the New York Post, newyorkpost.com online. And it was published March 10th, 2023. So about three days ago, this was published. And what's what's interesting about this is like this whole circus, this is what our present government, this administration is. It's a giant circus. Everything associated with this with Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, and this administration. It's like being at the circus. And what you're witnessing is the clowns, the monkeys, the uh, uh, all the all the smoke in the mirrors and all that um, going on right now. You don't have to go to Barnum Bailey. You don't have to go to any one of these circuses when they roll in, into town. Just turn on the news and, and watch what's going on in our country under this present leadership, our present leadership, Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, and the Democrats, because this is what's happening. It says here, the, the, the title of this short um, article says, Elon Musk calls for release of QAnon shaman from prison over Capitol riot actions. Elon Musk now is uh, speaking, he's throwing his hat in the ring, he's speaking on this. So again, the circus is growing. Now, please don't misunderstand me. I'm not calling Elon Musk part of the circus. He's actually a very good, uh, solid voice of reason right now after reading this. But he's speaking into and against the circus and uh, what's going on in our nation right now. Because this is far bigger than just the January 6th um, trials. Much bigger. Much bigger. This is all showing what each and every one of us can look forward to coming at us, regardless of who you are or what your belief system is. So anyways, uh, this is by a gentleman called Victor Nava, N-A-V-A, Victor Nava. And again, it was published March 10th, 2023. Elon Musk calls for release of QAnon shaman over pr from prison over Capitol riot actions. 
Billionaire business mogul Elon Musk called for Jacob Chansley to be freed from prison on Friday, arguing that the so-called QAnon shaman's actions during the Capitol riot on January 6, 2021 were falsely portrayed. Free Jacob Chansley, Musk wrote in an explosive tweet on Friday. I just want to stop right there and just say something. I, I love how these writers use such words to conjure up a an image. Musk wrote in an explosive tweet on Friday. You know, when I first read that, I started laughing because I just got the image of me opening up my iPhone, scrolling through Twitter, coming across that, and then it just going poof. I don't know if you guys watched, uh, was it the old Mission Impossible series way back in the day where they had these video or not video but cassette tapes uh talking about the mission and then you know this 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 tape will self-destruct in what five seconds or 10 seconds or whatever it was and poof it would self-destruct so musk wrote in an explosive tweet on friday not just a tweet it was explosive the twitter ceo and founder of tesla and spacex said it was an issue of fairness of justice as he shared resurfaced footage from the day supporters of former President Donald Trump stormed the Capitol building that shows Chansley, now 35, urging rioters to go home. And that's exactly what he said. Musk says this, I am not a part of MAGA, but I do believe in fairness of justice, Musk continued. Chansley was falsely betrayed in the media as a violent criminal who tried to overthrow the state, and who urged others to commit violent violence. But there he is urging people to be peace, peaceful and go home. And the other videos show him calmly walking in the Capitol building, being escorted by officers, and then thanking the officers, Musk added. Referencing bombshell security camera footage from inside the Capitol building obtained by Fox News host Tucker Carlson. Again, I, I just want to, you know, referencing bombshell security camera footage. Uh, oh, Chansley was falsely portrayed in the media as a violent criminal. I, I just love the way they write these things. Anyways, let me go on. In September 2021, Chansley pleaded guilty to one count of obstructing an official proceeding and was sentenced to 41 months in prison that November. According to a timeline of events compiled by the Justice Department and upon which Chansley signed off as part of his guilty plea, the Navy veteran from Arizona was one of the first 30 rioters to enter the Capitol on January 6th at around 2.14 p.m. through doors that had been busted open from the inside. Okay, now now listen to this. Uh, this is in this article, and, uh, and they're already, it sounds like they're using word and verbiage to make this sound much bigger than what it is, but nonetheless, listen to what this person writes. They write about the timeline of events, and... Uh, Chansley was one of the first 30 rioters to enter the Capitol on January 6th, around 2.14, through doors that had been busted open from inside. Think about that for a minute, ladies and gentlemen. If the Capitol rioters were not inside the building yet, Chansley being one of the very first inside the building, and they weren't in there, they were still on the outside, on the steps, and he was telling people to go home. And it says here that these doors had been busted open from the inside. Who was on the inside, ladies and gentlemen? Hmm? I want you to think about it. Who was on the inside? It was the Capitol Police and people that worked for the federal government. So I'm just curious. I am just wondering. I just, 
don't understand how these capital, violent, insurgent rioters could bust doors open from the inside when they weren't inside yet. Hmm? Anyways, let me go on. The footage shared by Musk on Friday shows Chansley, clad in his conspicuous horned fur headdress with red, white, and blue face paint, likely just moments before he entered the building with his back toward the doors of the Capitol as he shouts in his bullhorn that Trump has asked protesters to go home. Interesting, isn't it? He's telling people on a bullhorn that our president told us all to go home and that's what we should do. We made our way, Donald Trump asked everybody to go home. We made, oh, I'm sorry, we made our point. Donald Trump asked everyone to go home, Chancellor cries out. And again, he says, we made our point. And our president says it's time to go home. So he's encouraging everybody at that time to go home. We're going to do as he asks. He goes on and proceeds to read Trump's request aloud. And that's where I showed you or told you um, that somebody came up with a phone with the um, message from President Trump basically saying we made our point. Go home is a little bit longer than that, of course. But he read it over his bullhorn. All the people there that were supposedly supporting our president that same guy was telling us, guys, we made our point. It's time to go home. And Chansley, the QAnon shaman, was saying, listen, our president said this. Let's all go home. Let's just chill. Go home. Again, he says, we're going to do as he asks. He goes on and proceeds to read uh, Trump's request aloud. It's unclear why Chansley then decided to make his way into the Capitol building as Congress was certifying Joe Biden's 2020 election victory and make his way to the Senate floor. Never before seen footage aired on Fox News, Tucker Carlson tonight. And listen to this. This is over two years later, and it says, never before seen footage. They did not show this. Tucker Carlson did. The people that were prosecuting American citizens didn't show this. Tucker Carlson did. The judge didn't didn't even see it himself, but he didn't show it. Tucker Carlson did. The attorneys, the prosecutors, even the attorneys for the prosecuted didn't show this. They didn't see it. Tucker Carlson did. So regardless of what you think about Tucker Carlson, I'm just going to be honest with you. Okay, Whether you're a fan or not, that's not even the issue. I'm not trying to convince you to be a fan of Tucker Carlson. I'm just telling you, at least in this and what he's done with those videos, Tucker Carlson showed more um, courage than anyone on that panel, anyone in that in those trials that withheld that information and kept that from the American people. He showed courage. He showed that he stood up for the words of the Constitution and our God-given rights more than any Democrat or those rhinos that had that footage at their at their disposal that they could have shown that at any time and released that at any time. So Tucker Carlson took them and started showing them and airing them. And, and in that case, in a very real way, he's a hero. Now, I'm not saying he bled in, in a battle. I'm not saying he went out and saved 100 people's lives on the battlefield, taking a bullet himself. I'm just saying what he is doing is helping to secure our nation by showing these things and standing up for the words of our Constitution, something that the judge, the attorneys, the prosecutors, this panel, none of them could do. Not one Democrat demanded those be released. Not one. So uh, Tucker Carlson, uh, a great job. I'm telling you, great job. Um, 
Anyways, again, never be seen, never before seen footage aired Fox News. Tucker Carlson tonight on Monday shows that once inside, Chansley leisurely strolls through the building, hardly being challenged or acknowledged by Capitol Police. And you can clearly see that when you watch those videos. The shaman is seen in the footage being escorted by two Capitol Police officers as they roam the hallways of Congress trying to find an unlocked door that leads to the Senate chamber. The DOJ timeline confirms that an officer or I'm sorry, that an officer followed Chancellor Chancellor into the chamber as the Navy vet took the seat of the dais uh, recently occupied by Vice President Mike Pence. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for taking the inspiration needed to these police officers to allow us into this building, Chancellor intoned into his bullhorn during an impromptu prayer from the dais. So he, again, we have in this article that the doors were busted open from the inside to let those that were outside, Chancellor and others, to come in. Very interesting. And then even when he gives this prayer to thank God, he says, uh, um, I thank you, Heavenly Father, for taking the inspiration needed to these police officers to allow us into this building. Now, I can connect dots, ladies and gentlemen, especially when they're so clear. He's thanking God for the police officers letting him into the building. And then it's written here in this article that the doors were actually opened up or, as they said, busted open from the inside. I I don't know about you. (coughs) The violent insurgency, the violent insurgency sounded like it was taking place on the inside of the building towards the outside instead of the other way around. And then once the doors were busted open from the inside, it sounds to me now, I don't want to put words in anybody's mouth. I don't know. I wasn't I wasn't on those steps. I was on the front side of the Capitol when all this thing was happening, or the back side. I was on the other side of the Capitol. I still don't know which is the front or the back. Anyways, so it sounds to me like somebody was inside. They opened the door and let Chansley and others in. And since he was one of the first in the building, he certainly didn't get in and then open doors for others to get in, at least not initially. So there's something really uh, screwy going on here, ladies and gentlemen. Somebody somewhere is trying to pull the wool over our eyes. Somebody somewhere is trying to set up a whole bunch of smoke and mirrors. Somebody somewhere is trying to keep something hidden from the American people. And now that we are finding out the what, I'm still trying to figure out the why, you know, uh, because they're still trying to besmirch Donald Trump, but he's been out of office these two years over two years. Why are they still after him? And why are they still after you and me who support him or those who support him? See, there's there's something I don't, and it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter if you're a Democrat. It doesn't matter if you're a Republican. It doesn't matter if you're an independent. It doesn't matter who you voted for. This should make every American angry because look at, if they can lie to this point, and I'm talking about some of the highest officials of of this land, can lie like like this, like, um, like they're doing here and, and, come against American citizens the way they have. They certainly can do that to you and me. They certain This should be sobering to absolutely everybody in the United States of America and anybody, especially in the military, uh, those sworn into um, office, uh, every American. If you, if you live here in the United States of America, you call this home. This should concern you because if they can do this so easily without heart, 
to these people, like this QAnon um, shaman uh, Chansley, then they can certainly do it to you and me. And it's something we need to take serious because Elon Musk, he even says, I'm not a MAGA guy. I just believe in this justice. What did he say? Fair justice. But nonetheless, this is just wrong. I'm not a MAGA guy. I'm not trying to stick up for Trump. I'm not trying to stick up for that, even that mentality, that ideology. I'm just sticking up for justice. And that guy needs to be let go, which to, to I agree. I agree. You know, at this point, I agree. Before, I would have said, well, he needs to be in trouble at least for getting in there because that was just stupid. And I still agree with that. But until stupidity is a crime, maybe it should be, but it's not. Until stupidity is a crime, that dude has been falsely accused. And that guy is, is honestly a political prisoner. That's what this boils down to. Yes, in the United States of America, ladies and gentlemen, we still have political prisoners. And this political prisoner was running around with a horned fur cap and his face painted red, white, and blue, carrying an American flag and a bullhorn. And people set him up, as far as I'm concerned, set him up. And he took, he unfortunately took the bait and he took the fall. So I, I, everybody should be rising up. Everybody should be calling their, their representatives. Everybody should be writing their representatives. And not just once, every day, several times a day, until our representatives rise up and say, wait a minute, enough's enough. We got to put a stop to this. Now, that was the first article. And actually, it took me a little bit longer only because I thought it was kind of funny. The second article, I don't even know if I'm going to read all of it to you because you're going to get the gist. And I, I, I just, before I get into this, I just want to tell you just how absurd this is. Now, this came out of the LA Times, Los Angeles Times, LA Times. <clears throat> and it was written by a staff writer, Sammy Roth. Um, so Sammy Roth writes for LA Times and he writes this. This is the title of this article. Oh, and I'm sorry, this was published March 9th, a few days ago, March 9th, 2023. And the title of this article, when I, when I first, my wife actually told me about this, and I, I just, when she told me this, I started laughing because it's like, can, can, are really, are people really honestly that stupid and this absurd? This is, again, and I know I've said this about several things, but this most certainly could make Saturday Night Live as a comedy skit. Absolutely. I mean, they could write so many uh, stand-up comedians could could use this material. And they wouldn't even have to change anything too much. They could just pretty much read the article. It's, it's that laughable. But here's the title. How white and affluent drivers are polluting the air breathed by LA's people of color. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, let me read that title again. How white and affluent drivers are polluting the air breathed by LA's people of color. So now, <laughs> oh my, I, I just, I, I can't get over this because every time I finally think they've hit the pinnacle or they've taken this racist nonsense as far as it can go, they they prove me wrong that they act, I mean, these guys are brilliant. To come to continue to come up with ideas or make them, whatever you want to call it. But just, I mean, the material they come up with, these guys literally should be writing for Saturday Night Live. Why are they wasting their talents for the LA Times, some chump newspaper? They should be writing for uh, uh, major comics. I mean, uh, this could have been a Seinfeld episode. You know, Seinfeld, It's a, it, it was a, you know, what do they have? They, it was a, they t just talked about nothing. It was it was a show about nothing, they would say. Well, this would be perfect for it. <sighs> so anyways, this story, I'm going to go into the... Uh, I'll read some of it until I just can't stomach it anymore. 
because you'll get the gist of this. This story originally published in Boiling Point, a weekly newsletter about climate change and the environment. So again, ladies and gentlemen, please, you've, you've got to understand. Please, please do yourself a favor. Do not buy into the climate change hoax. It's completely foolish. And it's really about control, manipulation. And in this regard, these people are so bought into this foolishness that it's making them... Um, mentally unstable. Ment- I mean, I, I don't know how else to say it. These people are mentally unstable. You, you'll, you'll, you'll see as I read this. Anyways, it says, like many Angelinos, I spend a lot of time behind the wheel of my car. I drive from my Westlake apartment to Dodger Stadium near downtown and farther east to hike in the San Gabriel Mountains. I take the 405 freeway north to the San Fernando Valley to see friends or occasionally south uh, to the LA Times office or to the airport where I grow my carbon footprint even further. <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, this guy's admitting that he's got a growing carbon footprint, you know, and then he's going to blast us. Oh, and by the way, he's a white guy. <laughs> Anyways, let me go on. So I couldn't help but consider my own complicity while reading a new study from USC researchers finding that Angelinos who drive more tend to be exposed to less air pollution. And Angelinos who drive less tend to be exposed to more pollution. (laughs) It may sound like a paradox, but it's not. It's a function of the racism. Wait a minute, ladies and gentlemen, I can't help this. Let me, let me get my composure back. Let me, let me, (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm trying to get my composure here so I can finish reading this. Okay. I'm chill. Let me read that again. It may seem like a paradox, but it's not. It's a function of the racism that shaped this city and its suburbs and continues to influence our daily lives and a stark reminder of the need for climate solutions that benefit everyone. I got to stop right here for just a moment and say this. This dude, apparently very liberal, is one of the most brilliant liberal people. I didn't say he was brilliant. I said brilliant liberal. There's a difference between brilliance and a brilliant liberal. Okay, but he's a brilliant liberal. He has been able to in just what is this one that's one sentence roll um white privilege racism um and climate change all into one sentence of course blaming white people and he is white i mean you know i'm just pointing this out just because that's the fact (laughs) but i mean this guy's brilliant a brilliant liberal to be able to do that now people with common sense people with it with you know like i like i say every now and then that have at least three working brain cells are listening to this and going, what in God's name is going on here now? What am I getting blamed for now? Because in this, there's a sly way of not just blaming white people, but affluent people. And that could be any color or race. So even, I mean, so again, I, I guess you can even add that. He, he's now setting it up to blame not just white people, but people of affluence. That's all of us. That That's anybody that has a little bit of money and drives a decent car. You know, uh, climate change, racism, and even white privilege. And they're all into one sentence to set this up to come and, and bash us. I mean, this is, this is, I, I, I'm amazed. I am so amazed. Let me go on if I can, if I can contain myself with all this, um, <clears throat> Brilliant. Some goes on to write. My colleague Terry Castleman wrote about the study, which was published in the peer-reviewed journal Urban Studies. The core finding is that for 
every 1% increase in miles driven to and from work by people who live in a particular part of LA County, there is an estimated 0.62% decrease in the lung damaging fine particulate matter to which those Angelinos are exposed. How is that possible? I asked the study's lead author, Jeff Boeing, a professor at the USC uh, Sol Price School of Public Policy. He told me it largely comes down to the shameful history of Los Angeles County low-income communities of color being torn apart to make way for freeways, a history that has been extensively documented by the Times. Now, let me just stop right there. Extent, extensively documented by the Times. I'm assuming the LA Times. That right there, ladies and gentlemen, show, should show you that this is completely left-leaning and probably full of a lot of half-truths, maybe some no-truths. And yeah, it's very, 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 very biased. But anyways, that's another story for another time. He goes on to write, Today, many residents of the county's wider, more affluent neighborhoods, who were often able to keep highways out of their own backyards, commute to work through lower-income Black and Latino neighborhoods bisected by the 10, the 110, and the 105 freeways, and more. It's not like commuters are coming in and shopping in those communities. Uh, patronizing restaurants, Boeing said, they are just driving through to get from one side of the city to another. Oh, you, you guys are just so bad. I mean, on your way to and from work, you don't even stop to buy a burger in one of those restaurants? in one of those neighborhoods or a shop, ah, shame on you. Because if you did that, that would make the smog less racist and be shared among everybody. I'm sure of it. Do you get the feeling that this is absolutely stupid? That these people are probably all on mental or what do they call it? Psychotropic medications. That's just the vibe that I get. I'm not saying they are. I'm not saying they are. I don't know them. But they certainly write like they're on medication or need to be. <sighs> Anyways, let me go on. Southern California has some of the nation's worst air quality. Cars and trucks are, are one of the main reasons why. And the closer you are to the source, the more danger you face. Whenever I move, I insist on finding an apartment at least a thousand feet from the nearest freeway. After reading an LA Times investigation revealing that people who live near freeways suffer higher rates of asthma, heart attacks, strokes, lung cancer, preterm births, and potentially other illnesses such as dementia. Um, again, another LA Times investigation. I'm already, I'm starting to get the sense that this could be biased. Now, I'm not saying that living closer to a freeway doesn't affect your health. It most certainly does. And yeah, put out the articles. Tell people the truth. But this is still the United States of America, ladies and gentlemen. If people don't want to live that close to a freeway, they can move. You say, but they're too poor to move. Oh, garbage. We live in the land of opportunity. Go out there, make yourself more marketable, like I say in many other podcasts, and, and move. Move your job. Move your life. Move your home. Get out of there. Why do you think others, and it's not just white people, but just others, move to the suburbs? Because they got tired of the city life. They did exactly what I just said. They made themselves marketable. They went and applied for other jobs. They, they got better jobs. And when they had the money and the resources, they moved to a cleaner area. 
has nothing to do with being white, has nothing to do with light-colored skin, has everything to do with people who just say, enough's enough, I don't want to live in these conditions, and they make it happen, and they make it work. That's it. That's why he couldn't even say it was all white people. He had to say white people and affluent. Well, who are those affluent that he's talking about if they're not white? Wouldn't just white people cover it all if it's all white people? Well, because no, it's not. Once again, they're foolishly trying to throw white people under the bus. And now affluent, like, if you got money, you're against the poor. If you got money, you just want to kill them. If you got some money and drive a nice car, you don't care about anybody else. You drive through their neighborhood spewing out toxic fumes that's killing everybody. And you don't even stop to buy a sandwich. Shame. This is ridiculous, ladies and gentlemen. And th- what's, you know what's uh, uh, not scary, like I'm going to go run and hide under the best bed, but just it, it's a wake-up call, sobering. This is what these people think. This is what motivates them. This is how they really think. This is what's going on in those three brain cells that are left. It just is mind-boggling to me. Anyways, let me, let me read a little bit more of this. It says, Boeing has gone a step further, taking an air quality monitor with him when he and his wife were looking for a new home a few years ago. He got one of his highest readings for particulate matter near the 101 freeway in Echo Park. I have a small child. I try as hard as I can to avoid air pollution, he says. Boeing's family moved to South Pasadena, the ultimate suburban flight story, as he put it, and a place with a terrible racial history. Now, ladies and gentlemen, let me stop right there again. This is so baiting, race baiting. I don't know how anybody reads the LA Times. This is garbage. This is garbage. This isn't even um, news. This is garbage. This is actual, actual, actual garbage. So here's this dude who's supposed to be you know, uh, uh, an expert on this stuff. So he takes this um, particulate matter, this air quality monitor, when he wants to go find a new home. And if it's too high, he's not going to buy it. And I don't blame him, especially when he says, I have a, a small child. You do whatever you possibly could do to the best of your ability to make sure that your your family and your children, especially, are raised up in a safe neighborhood. And that even includes getting out of the smog if you possibly can. That's what just being a good father is. And that's my point. But he makes it all the way to, as he said, South Pasadena, the ultimate suburban flight story. That's where that should have stopped. But as he put it, it says, in a place with a terrible racial history. Okay, maybe it does. Maybe Pasadena is known for uh, horrible racism. It says history, so I'm assuming that that history is over, something of the past. But whether it is or isn't, number one, then why would you move there if you're so opposed to it? And number two, um, how does that even work in on this? Well, it doesn't in a normal world with, uh, again, people using more than three of their brain cells. To throw this racial terrible history or terrible racial history quote in there is absurd. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous and absurd. Anyways, it goes on. Residents of the relatively affluent, predominantly white city were able to block construction of the 710 freeway through their neighborhoods. Well, good for them. Good for them. I'm happy they were. I don't want a freeway going through my backyard. And if there's some way that I could do something, complain or whatever, lawsuits or whatever, to stop it, I'm going to do it. So good for them. Why is this a negative bad thing? So as a result, he told me, truck traffic from the ports of LA and Long Beach end up 
ends up routing through lower-income neighborhoods in Alhambra, a city whose population is overwhelmingly Asian and Latino. So, I'm sorry, you know, this terrible racial history, at least what they are referencing or talking about, comes down to this. The people in that uh, South Pasadena or in that area, they're white or affluent or both, and they were able to stop the 710 freeway from going through their backyard. And where did it go? It went through what does it say, Alhambra, and uh, through low-income neighborhoods filled with Asians and Latinos. I still don't understand how that shows that the people of Pasadena are racist. They weren't building it. They actually were just stopping the building, something that the people of Alhambra probably could have done as well if they banded together and just did it. But nonetheless, how does that show that they're racist? Did they demand did they? Did somebody stand up, or did the community in Pasadena stand up and say, "Hey, everybody, uh, you guys aren't going to put that 710 freeway through our backyard because we're white and affluent. You're just not going to do that. Go send it through Alhambra because it's just you know Asians and 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 Latinos. Just do it there. Well, you know, uh, we don't we don't care enough about them. So just go put it up. Did somebody actually say that, or was it the people such as Caltrans? or whoever was in charge of that project or those projects, which I still believe is Cal- Caltrans, that's a that's a, a California uh, thing, um, they chose to take it through Alhambra. They chose to take it through low-income neighborhoods full of Asians and Latinos. So wouldn't Caltrans and the state of California, wouldn't they be the racists? I mean, come on, the people of Pasadena, all they said is we don't want it running through our backyard. Figure it out. Leave us alone. Don't put it here. It was... Caltrans or the state of California, whoever was in charge of that, that made the determination that said, okay, we'll stick it through Alhambra and these low-income neighborhoods full of Asians and Latinos. They're the ones that are the racist. They're the ones that are racist. So you could take that all the way back, Mr. Liberal, writer of this article, that it's the liberals that run California, they're the true racist that don't care about people in these lower income um, neighborhoods. They don't care about neighborhoods filled with Asians and Latinos. They don't care about neighborhoods filled with blacks. Now, the people of South Pasadena, remember, you said they were white and affluent. And you had to use that word affluent. Why? Because some of them weren't white, but they were still affluent. And they're in Pasadena, which tells me Pasadena doesn't care what color skin you are. Pasadena doesn't care where you've come from. Pasadena doesn't care if your skin tends to be a little more on the lighter hue or the darker hue. As long as you're a decent human being that's going to move in there and not cause problems and, and settle in with the rest of them and be a good neighbor, they don't care. So how is that racist? You see, you guys are throwing stones at the wrong people. It's your very own party. It's your own ideology that creates racism. And there's the people that hold on to it. They're the racist. So you know what I'm going to tell you, sir? You are guilty by association. You are the racist. Yes, Mr. Sammy, you are the racist. You're guilty by association. And this Boeing and these other people, they're, they're, they're making all these stupid comments. You all are the, the racist. If for no other reason, you're guilty by association. You should go right to the source. Who put that freeway there? Was it the people of, uh, uh, that lived in South Pasadena? Absolutely not. And then if they were, why, Mr. Boeing, did you move there? If you're so against this and this ideology and this way of thinking, you certainly wanted to move into a neighborhood full of people who think that way. So you see, there is a huge problem. 
Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, we need to start connecting the dots when we read these types of things because these people expose themselves in their own writing, but often we just don't take a moment to connect the dots. Anyways, it says, Boeing is acutely aware that he and his wife and son are the beneficiaries. I absolutely love that there are no freeways anywhere near us. Well, great. That's what it's about. That's what it's about, Mr. Boeing. Being able to stand up for your rights. Stand up for what's right and wrong. And I would tell the same thing to people in Alhambra and these other low-income neighborhoods. Stand up next time. Don't allow anybody to come in there and push you around. They say, we want to put a freeway here. No, you're not. Figure something else out. Put it in Pasadena. Anyways, he goes on to say, and I guess this is Boeing still talking, as a white guy, uh, yeah, as a, no, I think it shifted to Sammy saying this. As a white guy who lived in LA's west side for most of my life, I've benefited from the region's sordid history as well. Oh my gosh. Much as I try to do my part, taking the train a couple of times a month, walking to local coffee shops and restaurants instead of driving across the city, there's no question I contribute it to the inequitable air pollution that Boeing's study described. I was especially struck by his map from the study, and there was a map on there. The red areas are places in LA County where commuters tend to be wider than people who live there. The blue areas are places where commuters tend to be less white than people who live there. And I saw the map. I wish I could show you. There was actually, in my opinion, I didn't take my slide scale out and measure every little thing, but it appeared to be more blue than red. Okay. So showing that the the blue areas were had more low-income commuters than white commuters in the red. It was just strange. It was like he was trying to prove the other, but what he proved was kind of opposite of what he was trying to say. Anyways, um, I think I'm going to stop right there, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to leave the link in the comment or the, you know, the, uh, the description of this podcast. I know I dealt with two things, two articles that seem like they're worlds apart, but they're not. Uh, not as much as we think. One dealt with the January 6th and this QAnon shaman guy and the unfolding of these videos. This one deals with um, white people once again being the problem, even for uh, pollution. You know, white people just spewing around in their cars, spewing out toxic, deadly, poisonous gases to kill all these poor, um, you know, minorities in all these poor low-income areas. This is absolutely absurd, absurd, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, when I look out on the streets, when I look on the freeways and everything, I don't see only white people driving. I see everybody driving. I see all kinds of people driving. When I'm flying down the free... uh, Actually, when I'm creeping at about five miles an hour down the 405, I can look over to my my left and I can see really anybody from anywhere. Male, female, and yes, I can still tell the difference. I can, you know, I can see black people, white people, um, Middle Eastern people, Hispanic people, so on, so on, Asians. I can look over to my right and same thing. I might, I might stare at a, a, at a white man or a white woman or an Hispanic man or woman, a black man or a black woman. I, I mean, you never know, especially in LA. And you know what? My little truck is, is spewing out about the same amount of toxic poisonous fumes as they are. Their car is doing. And, and... We're all going in the same direction because we're all on the same freeway. So we're all driving through the same towns. This is absolutely absurd. This is another attempt to try to smear white people like we hate everybody else so much 
that we are either we're gonna we're gonna on purpose drive through those their neighborhoods and slow with the engine revving, spewing out all kinds of poisonous toxic fumes in the hopes that we can kill as many people in those low-income minority neighborhoods as possible. You know how absurd that is? This whole thing, this whole article, LA Times, you should be ashamed of yourself. Sammy, whatever your name is, you should be ashamed of yourself. Boeing, you're a professor? I mean, did I miss something? I, I, I'm, I'm, I don't understand this. I really don't understand this. How people can be, on one hand, so intelligent, and on the other hand, stupid. Completely stupid. It's like well-educated morons. That's what it basically is, because you have the wrong education. You've been educated. You're highly educated, but in the wrong education. See, the rest of us, the rest of us out in real America, the rest of us that are just working, paying our taxes, raise, raising our children. And when we come across something like there's too much smog in our neighborhood or in our area, you know what we do? We try to figure out how and what it takes to get out of there. Do I need to work more? Do I need to change my job? Do I need to move out of that neighborhood? Do I need to move out of state? If I take another job out of state, we'll move. Things of that nature. Well, I don't make enough money. I don't have enough skills right now to do that. Okay, what do I need to do to go get those skills? Do I need to go to school? Do I need to go to night school? Do I need to, uh, I don't know, go sit in a library and read a book? I don't know. But we figure it out. That's not a white thing. That's not an affluent thing. That's called a common sense thing. Something that Mr. Sammy, LA Times, Mr. Boeing, you all don't have very much of. You paint the picture that all these white people are on the outskirts and all the all the minorities are on the inside and we just can't wait to poison them. We're going to drive through their neighborhoods slow. That's why there's traffic on the 405, ladies and gentlemen, and the 101 and all over LA because it's just a bunch of affluent people and white people trying to kill people. Again, do you see how absurd? These people are ridiculous. They're ridiculous. Hey, anybody from Saturday Night Live ever pick up this and listen to it? Please, please find this article. I would love to see this, but find this article and turn it into a skit. This would be, I mean, hysterical. You wouldn't even have to change much of the dialogue in here or anything. You know, it would be hysterical to actually see this on the stage and played out. This would actually be hysterical. I mean, as I was reading this, on one hand, I'm, I'm angry because this is being pushed out by a major news outlet, LA Times. But on the other hand, I just can't, couldn't help but keep from, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm exploding inside. My, you know, I don't have an explosive tweet. I have an explosive inside right now, holding back all the explosive laughter from this absurd comedy skit that LA Times has become. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, um, it doesn't matter to me what color your skin is, but understand if you're driving from one place or another you're going to the beach you're going to your job you're not a bad person because you're driving you're not trying to kill people because you're driving and you're not killing people because you're driving all right just just keep living your life but stand up stand up for right righteousness stand up stand up up against this absurdity but just understand i want you to know that you are not a bad person because you drive your car you're not a bad person because you before you get to wherever you're going you don't stop and go shopping in a, a lower income neighborhood. You're not a bad person because of that. Do your do do what you're supposed to do. You know, raise your family, work your job, enjoy your life, and let's create a better world by teaching our children not to be stupid like these people in this article. All right, 
God bless you all. Have a fantastic day. Let's go home. There's no intelligent life here. Thank you again for joining us at Table Flippers. Please check out our merchandise. We have hats, hoodies, water bottles, all kinds of cool things. You can find all of the, our merchandise at tableflippers.com. That's tableflippers.com. And please write me. Please let me know how I'm doing. Write me at gwccrobert. That's one word, gwccrobert at gmail.com. Give me the good letters. Give me the bad letters. Tell me the great things I'm doing. Tell me the bad things I'm doing. I want to hear it all. Have a great day. Table Flippers is flipping